0: Not heard the latest about pooping Prime Ministers? What podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web on the Totally Buzz podcast. The only place to be totes buzzed. Football beef!
1: Hello and welcome to Football Beef the podcast where we take a player and hash out all those debates about them that they have not only dominated social media, but have dominated pub chats. I'm your host, Laura, and this week we look at the goal
0: machine that is Alan Shearer. Here's a recap of your need-to-know Shearer facts. Alan Shearer Quick Facts Clubs Southampton, Blackburn, and Newcastle United. Senior debut, March 1988 v Chelsea. Club football total appearances and goals, 678 matches and 353 goals. Retirement, 17th of April 2006 vs Sunderland. Club honours, 1 Premier League title. Personal honours, 3 Premier League golden boots, 2 UEFA cup golden boots, Euro 96 Golden Boot Newcastle United's all-time top scorer Premier League record goal scorer Football Writers Association Player of the Year 1994 PFA Player of the Year 1995, third in Ballon d'Or and FIFA World Player of the Year Awards 1996 England Football Hall of Fame 2004 Premier League Hall of Fame and Premier League Hall of Fame 2021 International 63 Caps Thirty goals, England. Notable fact: Shearer has the most penalty goals in the Premier League history with fifty-eight.
1: Thank you, Kaylee. Now to the meaty portion of the podcast. Debating Alan Shearer this week is John, the Geordie Messiah Squires. How are you doing, Squires?
2: I am fantastic, and I just want to say that, although I am the Geordie Messiah. There'll be no bias in this debate about Alan Shearer, Newcastle's favourite son, and the greatest ever goal scorer.
1: But you'll be going up against self-proclaimed the devil, Daniel the Devil Jones himself. How are you doing, Daniel?
3: I'm really good and what an opponent to have. I don't I just wanna make sure I don't crush Squiggy when some of my sizzling takes, you know, kind of berate Newcastle's favourite son.
2: You know what? It is fine. I will I will get over it.
1: But we're gonna kick off with a debate question, which is as a Man United fan, Daniel, it's going to be probably close to your heart, given what the Old Trafford Fateful sing every week. We're going to talk about whether Shearer should have joined Sir Alex Ferguson at Manchester United. Obviously, it's not a secret, and he spoke about it publicly. I think everyone involved at this point has always spoken about this opportunity. Shearer could have joined Man United and been one of Fergie's favourites, really, instead of going to Newcastle, where he become, as Squiggy put it, what what is it, the ultimate, the god, the legend, the myth?
2: The best god. Score ever?
1: Yes. So the question Simple. is: Should Shearer have joined Sir Alex Ferguson at Man United? And I'm of course I'm just going to ask Squiggy for his first thoughts on this debate because I feel they'll be quite short and sweet before Daniel has a point to make. Do you know? Do you know
2: what? Like this isn't going to be short and as short and sweet as you expected. It's it's a tough one because like you're weighing up your boyhood club, the club that you got released from as a youngster, and obviously you want to come back, prove a point, and you want to play. You want to play for your local club. You want you want to be. You know, Newcastle have had a lot of goal scorers over the years. And well, until Alan Shearer retired. And, you know, for him, he probably wanted to to do that at Newcastle. But I mean, he could have gotten to Manu, U. he could have won many trophies. So you would have had a better honours list. He probably would have won a few more personal honours as well. Maybe, you know, he might have won a Ballon d'Or possibly and he probably wouldn't would have won a lot more golden boots he probably would have got to the premier league top scorer record a lot quicker playing in a better team but i think it comes back to if you really want to play for your boyhood club you'll play for your boyhood club and i think possibly Shearer's era is a bit different nowadays so i feel like nowadays players i'm not going to say the chase money the chase the chase success the want the want to win things and you know did did sheara want to win trophies or did he want to play football for his local club and I think that's kind of that's where it stems from really
1: Daniel <laughs> but. no
3: I think they're all sp- very good points I really I do think they're all very good points and that's absolutely one of the things I love about Alan Shearer he got it in his head that he wanted to play for Newcastle United and like Squiggy just said it's his boyhood club and surely the the, the longevity that he had there which but the longevity he had there and the success that he took them to okay they didn't win the league they didn't win many trophies or anything like that but they enjoyed that success together so for himself and his success. I I don't think he needed to join Manchester United. As a Manchester United fan, I recognise that he's one of the greatest strikers in football history. There's no argument about that. You know, statistically alone, he's still the leading scorer in the Premier League. But as a Man United fan, I've got no regrets. I, I'm not sad that he didn't join Manchester United, and I'm happy as just a football fan to look over at Tyneside and see a player who's playing. Unbelievable football, a, a good role model to you know modern day strikers, and he just seemed to enjoy himself there. So I think for that reason, no, I don't think he should have joined Manchester United, and I'm quite happy that he stayed at Newcastle for as long as he did because he had so many opportunities to move clubs throughout his time at Newcastle. I know Bobby Robson wanted him at Barcelona, for example. But he still turned that down because, you know, playing for Newcastle was too important to him.
1: Do you think that Man United would have won more a year? I mean, they won an awful lot all the time. I mean, we're talking trebles, double. You know, we're talking a lot of trophies. But do you think he could have actually made a difference? I know you said you weren't, you're not fussed that he went to Newcastle, but. He- would the idea of having shearer as an option at any point or that time would that have led to more
3: it really does depend because there's so many ways to look at it now obviously what you have to remember is that people seem to get this notion that he turned down manchester united to go, to go to newcastle but that's not true he it is it is partly true but he also turned down manchester united in 96 to go to no sorry prior to that to go to blackburn So before he signed for Blackburn, Manchester United wanted him then. He turned them down. They went on and got, I want to say it was Eric Cantona. I'm pretty sure. Shearer turned United down. And then they went on a couple of months later and signed Eric Cantona. Look how that turned out. Then he went to Newcastle after we'd put a bid in for him. Alex Ferguson went to his house, couldn't get the deal over the line. We ended up signing Solskjaer as a replacement uh, and then went on and sharing him and Dwight York. And I think it's easy to say, well, if Alan Shearer was in Manchester United, he would have won everything that that team did. But you can't say that because he wasn't there. And I think it was the fact that we had four interchangeable strikers in Solskjaer, Sheringham, York and Cole, what led United to that greatness and I, I think if we would have signed Shearer we would have been signing the best striker in England at that time and I wonder if Sir Alex Ferguson would have became a little bit too reliant on having that one striker which Newcastle did and didn't really work out that well for them.
1: Th- that last point I just want to connect to something Squiggy said. Squiggy you said that you think he would have maybe scored or got to the Premier League goals record quicker if he was at Man United because they were all a better team right?
2: Yeah I mean yeah you look at Newcastle. You know, he when he first came in, he was probably playing in a very good Newcastle team. I think they finished, they finish second two years in a row. I can't fully remember. I was very young back then. I but to then to very
1: drunk cans.
2: No, no, very young. But you look at like after that. You know, the, the team were. I'm not going to say they were average because they, they did enough to finish in the top four or top five a lot of that time. But towards the end of his career, you know, they, they were doing nothing. Newcastle really. You know, his last two seasons, he scored ten and seven goals in his last two seasons would he have scored more at Manu sort of towards the end of his career and even some of his other seasons at Newcastle you know he didn't hit double figures every year would he have hit double figures every year at Man U with a better team around him and I think he probably would have because I think if you look at the players Manu had around then you know some of the players that they had were probably suited to Shira style of play even towards the end of his career you know the, the midfield that Manu had and obviously this if they'd uh, still signed the supporting strikers that Daniel mentioned, he would have had some better players around him to play off than the likes of Shola Ramiobi, no offence to Shola, and sort of Luar Luar, kind of. If you take Shearer out of, like Daniel said, he takes take Shear out of Newcastle's forward line, there's nothing there at all. Whereas Manu, you know, they could play two up top with some brilliant strikers alongside Shearer if they wanted to.
1: But then isn't there also the chance it could have worked the other way? Because this is why I was going to tie it to Daniel's point. You said about them becoming reliant, but isn't there a certain point that if Shearer had not maybe hit the ground running or had the little bits of form where he goes a few games that a man united they're more likely especially during this time when they were just dominating and had other options to sort of drop him to the bench not that he was undroppable at newcastle but to a point that i mean he was
2: he was, yeah. he was undroppable at newcastle apart from like, under one manager which we'll talk about later on
1: i just don't like saying anyone's undroppable but it's that sort of energy isn't it like would it you there's, would have stuck with There's certain games. players,
2: yeah. There's certain players you you would never drop. And I think as a number nine, you you probably wouldn't drop Shearer if if he hadn't scored in two games. You wouldn't drop him. Oh, you'd look at a way. Not. You'd look at a way. Can we change the way we play to get more out of him? If he was missing sitters on the line, you know, for three weeks in a row, then you might drop him then because. A player of his quality shouldn't be doing that, but if he's getting in the right positions, which he did, you know, ninety nine percent of his career, then you would stick with it, and you maybe you would look to do a place someone up front to support him, do a do a drop into midfield to overload the midfield that way to get to get balls out wide, sort of thing. You would look at a way to adapt to fit Shearer.
1: Daniels, you not think they would have moved him? On. Not even even the form thing, but maybe like he wouldn't have lasted as long at Man United. Or do you think they would have protected him? Not not they can protect him, but they stuck with him and changed and adapted to fit him.
3: Up until, I would say, probably... I mean, he had a couple of injuries prior to 2000. But I, I wonder if the intensity and the level that Manchester United play at would have burnt him out a lot quicker. And that's one of the things that I look back now and think... He had that longevity maybe because he not necessarily had an easier job at Newcastle, but he was their captain. He was their go-to guy. He was the man. And I think if you had an opportunity anywhere on the field, you're going to try and get it into Shearer to finish it. I think maybe that would be half the reason why his stats are as good as they are. Because, like Squiggy said, they had Schroeder Amiobi. They had Loa Loa They had a couple of these players that in today's game, would be sitting in the championship, quite frankly. But then they're still holding their ground as a Premier League team. And I think maybe the I think the pace at Manchester United would have burnt him out a little bit. And I also think that's maybe one of the reasons why when Madrid came calling for him, he turned them down as well. Because I know Real Madrid wanted him, and I think it was like 96 as well, maybe just before he went to Newcastle.
2: It was the same... It was the same time, so when when people say that he turned down Manu to go to Newcastle, Real Madrid were also in for him at the same point.
3: Yeah, and I think the the one thing is, Alan Shearer is probably one of the smartest footballers uh, in history. He knew that if he wanted to to make it a career and get like as much time as he could, I think he maybe played it safe a little bit. By going to Newcastle and maybe not hit those levels of Manchester United, the Real Madrid, the Barcelona's that he was capable of but wouldn't have been playing until he was 36.
1: Is your point probably supported by the fact that he did retire from England quite early? And I mean, it wasn't that young, but it was still like he did call it time with his injuries and that so he could continue the club. Maybe he would have had to make that decision even earlier if he was at somewhere like Man United with the level of games, intensity, the pressure, the everything. That's-
3: Absolutely. And we've seen that, you know, Sir Alex Ferguson, who I don't think there's any question, greatest football manager of all time. I think he he will often do, or he often did, what was best for the team. We let go of a seemingly undroppable player in Ruud van Nistelrooy, and he would let him leave to Real Madrid. He'd done the exact same thing with Beckham, done the same thing with Ronaldo. Like, no one player is bigger than the team. However, I think obviously in the case of Shearer and Newcastle, Shearer was probably a bit bigger than Newcastle. It, it's it's it, it's kind of a shame to say because I absolutely love Newcastle United. I've loved them since probably I was five years old, maybe yeah, 20, 28 years now. I've absolutely loved Newcastle and Shearer was one of the driving forces for that. But I just, I think for me, no, I don't think he would have lasted as long at Manchester United or Real Madrid or Barcelona.
1: Well, do you have anything to add on that before we move away from the Man United? Because, I mean, there's also the point, do you think Newcastle would have been the s- same stature in football around that time if Shearer hadn't chosen them? Because he was oh, a big God, part.
2: God, no. I've got nothing to add to like what Daniel said, but just on what you said there, I, I think Shearer basically... <laughs> Shera was Newcastle when he came to Newcastle. You know, he, the goals that he scored probably put them a lot further up the league. Than maybe they should have been. And if you look at Newcastle after he retired, they never really replaced them. You know, they brought in. Oberfemi Martins, who didn't really do the job, he did it for half a season. Albert Luque lasted what six months or something. So you know, and I don't, I don't even think now they've replaced them. And we're talking what? How many years since he retired? 17 years.
1: Maybe seventeen. And they've, and they've still was never was
2: retirement. So around about that, yeah. So they've and they've never, they've never replaced them. Now the closest they've got is Callum Wilson, who's injured all the time. But have to before that, uh,
3: towards Nile Ranger, there honestly,
2: Nile, no danger of scoring Ranger.
3: I feel like Newcastle fans must surely have felt they found something to recapture that kind of glory of Shearer in Papi Cissé and Demba Bar.
2: So Demba Bar was probably the best striker we've had since Shearer. But when Cissé came in, obviously Cissé had that brilliant run. Was it 12 goals in 13 games or whatever it was?
3: It was something ridiculous like that, yeah.
2: And he scored all those goals, which pushed Demba Bar out of position. And Demba Bar never scored. When Cisse, So demobar scored the first half of the season Never scored the second half of the season When Cissé was scoring And then you got to the start of the next season And because Cissé was on that goal scoring run He was playing through the middle As like the number 9 And Demabar was playing out wide And he didn't like it And that's there was a lot of unrest because of that And then he ended up leaving So yeah, we had him And then he kind of left And even again with Cissé we thought, we thought we had a player Especially after his, you know, his two goals against Spurs, even his opening goal against Villa, I think it was, was thought we thought had a special player, and then you realise that he didn't actually know how to stay on side. He scored some big goals for Newcastle, but I mean, he was never... Chelsea. Yeah, which one? Both of them were fantastic in that one game. But yeah. he he scored some important goals. He scored a couple of important European goals. I remember being being there when he scored in the 90th minute to win one 0 to put winter the quarterfinals. I think it was. So you know, he scored some important goals, but no one no one at Newcastle's ever hit the height of Shira. And I think we're going to get that now because we've got money to spend, but, you know, 15 million back then, pound for pound.
3: You know, you're never going to get a better striker. Looking at the Newcastle money now, I still don't think you're ever going to get an Alan Shearer. Just because of
1: longevity, you'll be rotating and selling. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I I just, I also don't think that strikers do that anymore. I I don't think strikers stay in the top level to, you know, 36. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, you know, someone's staring at me in the face and I'm just not thinking of them. But I think the closest we've got to it in terms of they've just retired would be like a Wayne Rooney. I and thought you were
1: going to go Lewandowski.
3: I mean, no, but I mean, in terms of Wayne Rooney, you saw that, I mean, in the Premier League, I oh, think, okay. obviously, Shearer could probably lace up boots now and still do a job in the Bundesliga. Um, we've seen their defence. Daniel fan of the he'd, Bundesliga he'd be specials right.
1: coming soon to football
3: beef. <laughs> oh, it's an absolute joke of a league. The championship is harder than that. I think it's probably equivalent to our league one, but that's for another conversation. I think... <laughs>
2: coming soon to football beef.
3: No, I just think that, you know, you look Stop at Wayne antagonizing Rooney...
1: Stop antagonising
3: him. <laughs> Wayne Rooney could, couldn't do what Alan Shearer done he had the same skills that he possessed you know he had the the agility the stamina and everything like that he had a good shot on him but he couldn't do what Shearer could do maybe he held on with England too long maybe it was the pressure for playing for Manchester United and the intense work rate that that kind of possesses that I said about earlier but Shearer was an enigma and yeah I just don't think you get that kind of player anymore
1: so both of you are going on that he shouldn't have joined decision we don't have to think about an alternative history timeline it it was the right decision for both all clubs all people involved absolutely yeah i just want to you just be yeah shira shira
2: no i i just i'm just sort of something that daniel said early on like if she had gone to manu would they have signed would they've got all of the front four that they had and i don't think they would have and i think that's what made my new so good in the years after Shearer came to Newcastle, that they had, like Dino said, they had the four interchangeable players who could come on. Any of them could come on and change a game. And if yeah. they spent all that money on Shearer, they wouldn't have had that.
3: And do you know not—I would say as a Manchester United fan, we were never looking across the country going, "We wish we had Shearer."
2: I mean, when your, fa- your fans had... at the minute
3: seem to think that. Oh, absolutely no. But when <laughs> we had Solskjaer, Sheringham, York, and Cole. We weren't looking over going, "Oh, if only we had Shearer instead yeah. of you know." I think we were we were blessed with what we got, and all Also, like I said earlier at the start of this, I'm happy that Newcastle got Shearer and Shearer got Newcastle because it's just a marriage made in heaven and that's how it should have been. And for football I'm happy he didn't go to Manchester United.
1: Alright, question number two, which kind of ties to the move a bit here, but the debate, does Shearer's lack of club honours affect the perception of him? Obviously, one Premier League title with Blackburn Rovers, this is tied to a certain modern day footballer who gets the Shearer comparisons. You'll probably allude to him, I'm sure. But do you think less of Shearer because he doesn't have that long club honours record? I'll start with Daniel because I feel squeaky might throw something at me. No,
3: I think I think he must have some regrets, personally, that, you know, maybe... I'm sure, like I say, I'm sure he's happy he stayed at Newcastle for those years and it's the club that he loved. But, you know, every footballer wants to win something, surely. And I, I think he probably does have some regrets. But no, I, I don't think the fact that he wasn't laden with trophies affects the perception of him. In fact, I think, like most fans like myself wouldn't necessarily class him as a failure which you may have done to some strikers that didn't have success in the way of loads of trophies. I think with anything you think of Shearer you think respect and you, you acknowledge what he done. I don't think trophies were the most important thing to him do you know what I mean? Great
2: yeah I, I was thinking does it does it affect the perception in, in the opposite way that player like Shearer who is Premier League leading goal scorer. You know, he's one of the first names in the Premier League Hall of Fame and all the and all of that sort of stuff. But he didn't win it, but he only won, you know, one league title. So surely That shows how good of a player Shearer is that he wasn't playing in a title-winning team and he still did all of these things and scored all of those goals. And as a striker, that's your job to put the ball in the back of the net. If you can do that and become record goal-scorer in the Premier League without winning the title, surely that shows how good of a player you are because you're not playing in a top team.
3: Can't argue with that
2: at
1: all. So, But also, do you feel that maybe having the one in the bank also makes people not think about lack of club honours because he actually has one? Because the person I was referring to as well is Harry Kane, who has at the time of recording and I don't think that's going to change zero club honours no he's got the Audi Cup <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure when he tells his grandkids he'll be uh, telling them about the Audi Cup and then yeah. probably... I mean again I think is it you know, one in you... the bank so at least when people say well you do it with much and he'd be like well I did win the Premier League title yeah I bad think bad I bad think bad. it's yeah. that.
2: I think it's a nice thing to be able to say look you know, I've have w- won the league once, and I think every player would at least want to win the league once. But again, not... I, I just think it shows how good he is. That
3: I think I think there's some beautiful synergy in the in the Harry Kane Alan Shearer debate. I think with um, with Harry Kane and Alan Shearer, they're one of the same. Both have done the job for clubs that are not in the top kind of echelon of clubs in the league. I would say Newcastle back in the mid to late 90s, even in the early 2000s, are about the level Spurs are now. You know, they're not going to win the league. They can beat the top team on any given day, but then they can also go and get absolutely embarrassed by the low end teams as well. Newcastle done it in the nineties. Spurs are doing it now. Yet still both these strikers are absolute warriors. They still just keep plugging away and racking those goals up. And it does become more about the one person than the club. Now, like it was with Gareth Bale before he left for Madrid, you look at Tottenham and you go, Harry Kane is their entire team. Obviously with the exception of Son because he's a good player, but it's literally it's Harry Kane or nothing really. And I think it's very much the same with Shearer in Newcastle as well. It was Shearer or nothing else really. He's got supporting cast, but the team does solely rely around Harry Kane and then it did Alan Shearer. Whereas obviously you talk about the one in the bank with Alan Shearer, obviously he won that at Blackburn. But, you know, if the rumours are to be believed, Harry Kane should be on the move this summer. We've been talking about it for years, I know, but... I think there's definitely a Premier League title with Harry Kane's name on it in the rest of his career. And I think he'll probably finish out much like Shearer did with one in the bank and as the record goal scorer.
1: So you both said it from the fans' perspective, like you both are big fans of Shearer and the club honours thing doesn't come into your mind, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you... I
2: don't think it should really come in because you don't go, oh, Shearer scored 260 goals or whatever it was, but he didn't win a title. But it's like, but he scored 260 goals in this league. It doesn't really matter. At
3: the end of the day, a team the team wins a trophy, not an individual player. It doesn't matter how good you are, whether you're Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, Alan Shearer or Harry Kane, it doesn't matter. One player is not gonna win the Premier League trophy. You need you need the whole team to be at a level that can win the trophy, which is why Harry Kane's not won one yet.
1: Do you think the football community is a little different in the terms of the, that's what maybe being in part in title winning teams in trophy riddled teams and stuff like that maybe affect your personal honors or do you not believe in that because To be fair, Alan Shearer came third in the Ballon d'Or and the FIFA World Player of the Year awards. That was his highest. You said about him being in the Hall of Fame, you know, post and the first Premier League Hall of Fame, which is obviously post-retirement and stuff like that. But do you think if he was in more, like, club-honoured, title-winning teams consistently in that title chat, then that sees the football community give him his flowers at the time more? Because obviously people appreciated his talent at the time, but would he have got more
3: I think so because I mean, just someone off the top of my head, Louis Sahar. Louis Sahar won two Premier League titles and the Champions League with Manchester United. Do you look at him and go, "Well, he's better than Shearer because he won the Champions League and two Premier League titles"? No, it's because of the team he was in. I think. I think if
2: Shearer if Shearer played in a team that won more league titles, he'd probably have finished higher than third in the Ballon d'Or if he kept his form up. So if he'd scored, so say Shearer's first season, he scored twenty five goals for Newcastle. They finished second. If they had gone on and won the league that year with his twenty-five goals, would he have won the Ballon d'Or? Possibly. I don't know who was going to be in the running that year and who won it, but there's probably a chance he would have been very much talked about. And again, when he scored, he had a few other seasons where he hit twenty-plus goals. If Newcastle won the league, then you know he would have been talked about for the Ballon d'Or probably a lot more. I mean, Um, he
3: he was quite clear in third. So, top five were Klinsmann, Del Piero, then Alan Shearer, then the Ronaldo and Mateus Sammer for Borussia Dortmund. Um, Ronaldo was the one that got robbed there out of the two. But, you know, I think, yeah, Alan Shearer held held his own very well. I mean, even beating the likes of Eric Cantona, George Weir, you know, Gabriel Batastuta, some absolute prominent names at the time.
1: i going to say also, with you know, the lack of club honours was Shearer, but he still has this greatness stat, you know, club legend icon, all that stuff. But is it maybe helped by him succeeding at international level to some degree? Obviously, England didn't win a World Cup or a Euro trophy before people get all like... Ruh, ruh, ruh. But he did get golden boots and obviously individual Stuff at international tournaments tends to stand out more like premier League golden boots amazing and stuff but then you're like the first thing you know when you say a premier league season is more like the team that won rather than going oh yeah that was the Shearer year but with yeah. euro and world cups you might go oh that's the year that rain rooney stole the spotlight or that's the year Shearer won the golden boot and he was unstoppable like stuff like that is it the international covers the lack of club honors like the perception wise
2: i was gonna say i'm not i'm not 100 sure that it does, to be honest. I mean, I think it adds to just how good of a player he was that he he did that in a team that didn't win, that didn't win the Euros. I like the um, that you got that. Is but then, but boot? then Harry, but then Harry Kane didn't Harry Kane win the Golden Boot one year for think. England?
1: But it was a so, terrible Golden Boot, let's be honest. Yeah,
2: but again, uh, it's one of them. I don't, I don't think it matters too much in tournaments like that because. You know, you might play. I'm not saying this is how he did it, but you might play a lower team early on and run out five or six nil winners. And if you get the ball to a striker who knows how to put the ball in the back of the net, they're going to score probably three of them.
3: I was just thinking, you know, obviously we said about Harry Kane earlier but also made it further in a major tournament than Alan Shearer ever did. With um, Alan Shearer I think the closest we got was semi-finals, yeah. I don't necessarily think that people particularly think about Alan Shearer because he retired from England quite early. I say early, I mean he was approaching 30 but
1: But he could have gone because his probably career went beyond that and it went on And Yeah, it's, it's one early. of those it things I, early.
3: I, I don't know. As an England fan as a football fan and I'd be keen to know what Squiggy thinks but I don't necessarily always tie Alan Shearer to the England national football team like I would in the same way of uh, Wayne Rooney for example I kind of put him in the same bracket as like a Sheringham yeah I know he played for England he done pretty well but I, I don't necessarily hold him in the same regard even though I know he done very well for England just what he done for Newcastle and Blackburn speak more volume about the kind of player he was than what he done for England
2: yeah to be honest I wasn't fully aware of what Shearer did for England I mean I know he scored was it 30 goals he scored for England? before he retired
1: 30 goals 63 and 60
2: free. and I know and I know he was top top scorer for England for a while wasn't he
1: He was also but, yeah the Euro 96 golden boot. it's cuz the Euro, yeah. Euro 96 was here and of um home nation hosted and it was one yeah. of the magical times I mean given our ages it is probably because that would have felt like the summer just gone but for Euro 96 yeah. it depends but, I would say But I age.
2: never but a bit like Daniel said, although Shearer did all this for England, and never really thought of him as any more of a Newcastle striker, who obviously did well previously at Blackburn to get the move to Newcastle. I don't really think about his international ghost, to be honest. I think, of, I think of Michael Owen as more of an England striker than Alan Shearer, and that pains me to say that so much. You know I my mean, thoughts on Michael Owen. I,
3: I would say, though, the fact I do remember Alan Shearer scoring against Germany at Wembley, the old Wembley, and that... that... That did do it for me. I will. I won't lie. It was Euro '96. I still remember it. I was wearing my little Man United kit because I did. I my parents couldn't afford an England kit. <laughs> and you, it was good enough.
1: And for that moment, Shearer was a Man United player somewhere in an alternative timeline when you did the little Shearer hand gesture.
3: Exactly. I think it was the summer we should have signed him. <laughs> was <laughs> so it? That's, that that one. Yeah. About. Yeah. It
1: did. Yeah. Well, we're now going to move on to the big debate, the big juicy one that surrounds Alan Shearer, which I don't think divides his opinion as much as it could but I feel like as time goes on obviously more opinions will come more strikers will emerge as contenders once again we are going to probably end up talking about a certain Tottenham striker but greatest Premier League striker of all time is that Alan Shearer because he's top goal scoring numbers so a simple argument can be made that he is because you know most goals greatest striker where do you sit on this let's start with Daniel are we saying in the
3: Premier League
1: in the Premier League, just the Premier League era, the Premier League, the nice ninety-two onwards, the nice where football records what didn't exist I mean, before.
3: He's obviously definitely in the conversation. Um, statistically, I would say yes. You know, I, he's the only he's the only player to score over a hundred goals for two Premier League clubs, which is completely unheard of. No one else has got even close to that. He obviously done it for Blackburn in a lot less time than he done it for Newcastle, and I would say yes as well. Just purely for the longevity you know even even looking at what he done for Newcastle past the age of 30 for example so when he was 31 he still made 37 appearances for Newcastle 35 appearances the following season 37 the following season and like he's still hitting these 30 plus games a season up until he was 36. That's completely unheard of. No one does that. And he was still performing at a level. His goals may have dried up a little bit, but what he's still done for the team by lifting the morale and everything like that for me puts him in the conversation as yeah, I would say he is probably the greatest Premier League striker of all time.
2: Squiggy? Can't really argue with that, to be perfectly honest. Again, I think you look at you look at the numbers and he's up there and I think you look at you look at the way that he kind of he changed his game a little bit. So when he first came in, he was you know he was he was strong but he was also he was also quite quick back then not like massively he's going to beat you for pace every time but you know he he
3: didn't have blistering pace did he he weren't like an Henri, for example no but
2: but he, he had enough to get away from defenders and still kind of play on the shoulder a little bit when he was a bit younger and then through all his injuries that he had his game changed and he just he relied on that strength and obviously having a shot on him and he kind of changed his game and obviously he was probably more successful changing to that kind of game but i think it just shows how good of a player he is that he can adapt he can come back from injury and actually come back as a stronger player as well you know he he had injuries at newcastle where he missed nearly the whole season and then he came back the next year and he scored 20 odd goals you don't really see that nowadays if a player misses that long of a timeout they're, they're a different player when they come back
1: so would you say his and- evolution and changing of his game because he could then be a more complete player is why he might be more the greatest not just because of stats, yeah,
2: way. and I think that's and I think again that's like what Danny said about his longevity in the game because he knew he knew what his strengths were, he knew what his weaknesses were, and he what he wasn't going to pick up the ball and drive at you, you know, a couple of step overs and then get past you. He knew that if he had half a yard, he was going to put the ball in the back of the net,
3: which is all you needed. Because I think when you think of just an absolute amazing complete striker that he was, he he really worked on three key factors. There was pace and there was speed, like you know we just touched on a moment ago. He did have. Have speed, but it weren't to the level that he wasn't an Henri that was going to make a 30-yard dash and slot it in. But he had enough speed to get away from the last man, which is all you really need. He had strength, which, again, a lot of modern-day strikers don't have. Alan Sh- Shearer was a strong forward, which I think, uh, with Chrissy Sutton, Alan Shearer was the strong one out of two of them. And then also, intelligence. Alan Shearer was, without a doubt, one of the smartest strikers, the most intelligent forwards I think I've ever seen the way he read the game, the way he studied the game is the reason he managed to play so long and still be relevant well into his 30s. Where I think, obviously, you look at a Monday striker and I've got no doubt the conversation on Henri will come up at some point because they're often paired as who's who's the better striker out of the two. But Henri was pace, pace, pace and some intelligence, whereas Alan Shearer was like a trifecta of all three things needed. So I just, for me, much better striker.
1: I'd say the two closest that get tipped here I think Harry Kane is probably being tipped because obviously he's the one chasing the record at the I moment. Think,
2: I think so. Harry Kane is probably the only striker probably in the modern day Premier League that's kind of a little bit like Shearer, so he's he's got that little bit of pace. He can head the ball, he, he he can be strong when he wants to be, when he doesn't want to throw himself to the floor to try and get a penalty. And if you give Harry Kane half a yard, he knows where the back of the net is.
3: I oh, know they are two one of the same, really, aren't they?
2: Yeah, they are they are very, very similar strikers.
1: Is this the case of if when it time comes that you may be saying when Harry Kane hangs up his boots which I'm assuming is a few years off touch wood. I think we've
3: got another four or five years yeah do so. you yeah. think
1: this could be changing the answer and the conversation a little bit because you said Henry is the closest rival and I do think Henry is the one where people go no but Henry can do this and then list off all his goals Henry can you yeah. know, look at this look at that Henry evolved from a winger into a proper strike like I say proper strike but into a, the main goal threat of a very successful Premier League era side yeah I think
2: I think it'll be a very interesting chat when Kane does eventually retire and even if he doesn't hit the record which which I personally think he will I don't want him to because I, I still want him to play to have the record but I think he will and I think it'll be a very interesting conversation to have because I feel like there probably won't be that many people I'm not going to say Tottenham fans haven't supported Tottenham for that long but I don't think there'll be many people who probably saw Shearer in his prime and saw him to be how good he was and also saw Harry Kane in his prime and how good Harry Kane could be and I think it'll be a very interesting conversation and then there'll be a lot of opinion Obviously, you'll probably have Tottenham fines going Kane, Newcastle fines going Shearer. And then you'll have those people who are in between, who sort of grew up watching Shearer, and then also watched Kane later on, a little bit like me, who are probably oh, thinking, thank you, and Daniel. <laughs> and we're all going to be a bit like, this could be a very interesting topic in five years' time, six years' time.
1: Touching on Omri, on is that the closest contender? Is there any other names you think come close to maybe debating the greatest Premier League striker? Because I think Omri is the only one currently I can say that's, you know, everything's there for you to look at and analyse with Shearer. Yeah. No, I, I
3: think, um I think, uh, sorry, if I may just Jump in there. I think there's on, four then. names when it comes to greatest striker in the Premier League of all time. Um, and I think I, I do. I think now more so the conversation has changed from Henri and Shearer to Shearer and Kane, which I do think those two are going to be battling out as the argument of the greatest striker. But then the the, the next two would go down to Henri and Aguero, and I think yeah. that's the new conversation there. Who was better, Aguero or Henri? But I do think the conversation will need to change shortly on who is the Premier League striker god. Is it Kane or is it Shearer? And then um, someone
1: to say Fowler at the back.
3: Oh no! Of course not. No one's that stupid
1: he's his nickname don't take the brand in a way
2: i was gonna say the same as daniel really like where's aguero in this discussion because i feel like no one talks about him but he's a fantastic striker he was fantastic in the premier league he was again he was un- unfortunate with injuries but again he knew where the back of the net was and like daniel said i think aguero and Henri can battle it out a little bit and i think you know if if drogba had possibly played a few more years in the premier league he, he could be
1: gro- ground running a bit faster.
2: yeah yeah, he could have sort of been in that debate as well but I don't think he... I think he's kind of like on the outside looking in a little bit to that.
3: Well, yeah, the... but then, you know, you go on the same route of the Robin Van Perses, the Ruth Van Destroys, yeah. the Wayne Like, so there's just... there is too many to name. Yeah, um, But no, I think I think that's where the conversation needs to switch now. It's Aguero versus Henry and it'll be Kane versus Shearer.
1: Do you also think this is going to be the, with the conversation switch before we sort of move on from this is the fact that it's also what's expected of a striker because that's the evolution there as well because you think Kane's gonna beat the record Squiggy like whereas I would be someone who thinks that maybe Kane's gonna start scoring less goals or not keep up the numbers that he's doing but he might be involved in creating more if that makes sense what makes you say that just because he's dropping deeper he's Doing more of that work, I don't necessarily, depending if he changes team and the format, it might be an evolution of his game. The, the best Harry Kane might be is the carving of the passes. Whereas Shearer adapted into someone, don't want to say, uses his elbows as the jokey reference that Squiggy hate about elbow yes, years, Shearer. But in the sense that you obviously change and adapt, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to adapt his game to continue the ratio of goals he's getting. Because he, he's that deeper, but he's not getting the pitch. It's like Rooney dropped deeper as years went on.
3: No, and I, I, yeah, no, to be fair, I get your point, what you're saying about Harry Kane. I think, I think I read the other day, he's statistically on to have his worst goal scoring season. Yeah, it's something uh, like that. I don't, I I
1: do think this is an anomaly. I'm not going to base it on this season just gone, but there is the principle that this season shows you what could be is.
3: But then I don't know. I also think with the uncertainty that Harry Kane has had over the last four or five years, in in the sense that he's had three or four different managers now under Conte, Mourinho, Nuno, yeah, Santo. Yeah, I just, I think like, Harry Kane probably maybe would have overtaken Shira by now had it not have had his head turned and by all the upsets and disruptions with the manager changes
1: but is that what i'm saying if kane could still end up being the greatest premier League striker because you could then argue well he did this this instead of scoring the goal is that where it's going to end up going though what makes the greatest striker of all time is it just going to be a goals game because that is the argument sure. he's top but he might not necessarily that's why people argue Henry, but i don't it's not like Shearer was just a goal merchant or a tapping merchant or anything like that because i think people wrongly say that and some of that sheer of volley that Squiggy likes to... So
2: if if he if he's a tapping in merchant, I've got a list of goals I can show yeah, you. that's
1: what I'm saying. But the premise that, you know, he's got the numbers of goals, but it's comparison if my striker can do all that and more. Is that not where the game's going? Yeah, like more is expected d- sort d- of d- thing.
2: I'm not sure, though, because you sign a striker and his job is to score goals. Like, you sign a goalkeeper, his job is to stop goals being scored. So you're not going to say that such and such is the best goalkeeper ever because he scored that 90th minute winner.
1: Look, just say Alison. There's no need to act.
2: No, I'm just, I'm just saying like you're not going to do that. And if you look, and for me, if you're a good striker, you will put the ball in the back of the net. That is your job. That is what you're paid to, to do.
3: Which is what, Enough. which is what Harry Kane has done. To be fair,
2: yeah, he has. And the, just when, just when Laura was saying, oh, we're going to debate how he, how he's dropped deeper to do this and this, does that make him a better does player? That
1: add it to the conversation of his like, you know, greatest Premier striker of all time. Will your argument be well, yeah, he did this. This is that going to be something that gets factored in? That's what my. Point
2: is. Yeah, I don't know because if he doesn't reach the dizzy heights of Shearer's goal Tally, I don't know what Harry Kane's on at the minute. Is he the greatest striker? 100%. Let's say
1: Kane finished twenty goals off him, but then yeah. you said he has this many more assists. Or oh, I think Kane could pass the ball in fewer better.
0: Games. Yeah, but that, if Kane could pass be conversation.
1: Yeah, it's like where do you draw the line? Like do you do you count into oh this oh man you, this skill that he could do that he couldn't do or he had a distinct no. team and he couldn't do yeah. that? Like, you, lo- you look Shira's at, you look at
2: goals, goals per game, minutes per goal, and oh, if he no gets closer to Shira, sense. that's what I would look at. Oh, I he, wouldn't look at it. He
1: has. I think
3: he's point uh, point zero two off of him. Goals yeah. per yeah. game. So, I mean, that's why he's in the conversation, I suppose. Yeah. It's something like that. It's something crazy. It's very, very low.
1: Well, we're going to move on to Pundit Patrol and get some expert opinions where you can now decide whether they're harsh or fair.
0: Pundit, and we're gonna start with one
1: that may trigger a certain member of the (laughs) debating team because we're gonna start with good old ru gullet and and gullet I was like, Jesus, Rude I guess Hullitch- what I call him that. Rude Hullitch- who said this, you'll guess what year he said this, if you know, you know. He was recounting the story where he said, I told him, being Shearer, to his face, he was the most overrated player I have ever seen. Do you think this is just a reflection of the incident where he dropped him and the sacking of a certain Newcastle manager all played into it? Or do you generally think you can see why someone would call Shearer one of the most overrated players?
2: He just didn't like Shearer. That, that was pretty much it. I don't know what... I don't know what the problem was with him, but I think he came in and he wanted he wanted to play his own brand of sexy football. I'm sure that's what he called it when he first came into the job. And as I was told about Shearer being a great goal scorer, he's not a sexy footballer, as you would class as what Rude Hullet wanted. And I just think he had a problem with Shearer. And I think Shearer was, was the big dog at the club then. And I think that came in thinking everyone's going to be on my side. You know, we're all going to sing for my hymn sheet. And you don't, you don't drop a local lad who's the best goal scorer you've got for a derby game against Sunderland. And you don't lose against Sunderland after doing that. If you win, you might have survived, and Shera might have moved on because obviously the manager has the power. But you, you do not drop. The, the Geordie your top goal scorer to the bench against Sunderland and to say that stuff as well you're just you just trying to sort of basically justify why you dropped him and why you
1: didn't like him Daniel most overrated player
3: for me I wouldn't take anything that Root Hullett said face value and I just you know it's a pinch of salt I think it's an absolute a shocking statement and I've got you know it's quite understandable why he got sacked so quickly short like after that imagine calling Alan Shearer overrated to his face like you seriously need to pull your head out your ass. If you think that Alan Shearer is overrated, are you joking?
2: That was that was Rude Hullet though, wasn't it? That was what he was like. Honestly, I'm surprised no. Rude Hullet managed to survive calling him overrated to his face yeah. after dropping them. I'm not being funny if if that was me and I'd been dropped for the time we a derby would got beat and I knew I was the best goal scorer in that team. And then I'd been called overrated by the manager. Probably yeah. would have been sacked by the club for a uh, for in the manager.
3: How did Neil Lennon get such a paste in by Shearer, but Rude Hullet didn't? Yeah. Sh- shocking.
1: <laughs> Next quote we're going to is by Kenny Deglish. He said, Allen is a player in a class of his own. He lifts the whole team and turns draws into victories. In a word, priceless. Is this going again to saying how vital goals are? Basically, even when he's in bad form, you'd leave him on draws into victories.
3: If he'd done that, Newcastle would have won the Premier League. <laughs> but,
2: <laughs> All right. But, All right. <laughs> but
3: no, I mean, it's true. He is a player in a class of his own, and he did lift the whole team. He had that kind of energy about him, where I think if Shearer was on the pitch, again speaking as a semi-Newcastle fan, I'm sitting there looking at Shearer and going, "We'll be all right because we've got him on the pitch."
2: Yeah, and he he drag he drags you to another level because he's a local lad and he he expects the best, if you know what I mean. So if you're not pulling your weight a little bit, he'll tell you, and that'll lift your game. But he, he also scored, you know, goals that are just their instinctive finishes or the the volleys that you wouldn't expect anyone else to even try that outrageous and that's kind of what you get you got from him as well you know he, he'd score the tap in but he'd also score the 30 yard volley which gets you back into the game and he yeah. did that, that that volley that everyone talks about from the edge of the box against Everton we were 1-0 down at that time when he scored that goal. The keeper, it saved everything. And I remember the commentator saying, it's going to take something special to beat that keeper. Step forward, Alan Shearer scores that and we'll win the game 2-1. It
3: gives you goosebumps, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, I remember but, watching that on Premier League Plus.
3: I would say actually just something you just said about there, about, about other players around you and stuff. I wonder, if uh, being a local lad, I wonder if the players that came in, the David Chinodas Solano, the Robert, yeah, there's one, David Ginola, Robert <laughs> and Cliver. I wonder if obviously coming from the European game, coming into into Tyneside maybe a player like Shearer was like all right lads I know you don't know this game but this is what we're about do you know what I mean yeah and I think he yeah. definitely Cl- lifted them yeah
2: I remember Cliver playing at St James's Park for Barcelona it was we got knocked out we got beat 2-0 he scored both goals then he got subbed off and all 52,000 fans said on their feet to applaud him off the pitch
3: beautiful
1: right,
2: recognize we- greatness Newcastle fans
1: we're going to move on to the next quote, which I both think you're going to think is harsh on other people rather than harsh on Shira or fair here, but Paul Ince said, I don't think we'll have a striker in that mould again, because you've both said about Harry Kane, so do you probably disagree when did he with
2: that? Yeah. Yes. This is, he... is what I wouldn't know when did he when say Shira this quote. This is
1: retired so this is, yeah, this is so... before Harry Kane's emergence and that, he was just yeah. predicting that we would not get another yeah, one. Which,
2: which, which yeah. you probably in theory you probably don't because the game's changed a lot and that's why we talk about Harry Kane a lot as well, and back then it was probably true what he said and if you ask him now, you'll probably say we've only had one striker in that mould since Shearer and he's currently playing up front for Tottenham. Unless yeah, he's moved I close mean, by the time you ask him.
3: The thing is, obviously, when Alan Shearer retired in 2005-2006, 2000, Henri had already been around, done his thing. You know, Wayne Rooney was just bursting onto the scene. I think, obviously, it's quite a bold statement with the, some of the names that were coming through around that time. Obviously, you had Van Persie as well. Ruud van Nistrooy had been and gone. Quite a, Quite a brave statement. But at the time, I get what he's saying. Obviously, I don't think we'll ever see a striker in that mould again. Yeah, I, I understand that.
1: That's right. We're going to move on to squeeze least favourite Newcastle striker now. Michael Owen said, I like, this is obviously before a lot of the beef, and this was when Shearer retired and all that mess. But Michael Owen said, I like him because you get a lot of flair players, but nobody was as mentally tough as Alan, who got the most out of his body for such a long time. Probably the greatest Premiership player ever. So this is going one step further, not just the greatest Premier League striker, the greatest Premiership player so overall which is then a debate in itself but also do you find that this is the mental aspect and how he made the most of his body something that Owen probably couldn't do
2: yeah I think it's something that me and Daniel have both touched on during this that you knew how to get the most out of his body his mentality and everything greatest Premier League player ever, I'm not really sure we'll probably need to talk about that at another date but I think 99% of that quote is probably pretty much what we've already said
3: Yeah, no, I would concur with that as well I don't, well, I don't think he is the greatest Premier League player of all time, but striker yeah, probably, but again we've, said, we've touched on already about his mentality uh, his just sheer intelligence was incredible, but the longevity the way he looked after his body to the Level he did despite those injuries. Coming back from the the injury he played, I think it was like 2000, 2001, to come back how he did and still keep performing to that level. Yeah, I i understand why Mark Owen said what he said.
1: So we're going to move on to Glenn Hoddle now. Glenn Hoddle said, England have had many great strikers over the years who have excelled in certain parts of the game, but there is no chink at all in Shearer's armour even to the point of magnificent mental strength. He works so hard, he's not afraid to put himself around physically and won't be intimidated by aggressive tactics. He's a clever player who's capable of understanding tactical instructions and then carrying them out, even if it means defensive duties. He's not just after the glorious scoring goals. You can see him running to the wings, demanding the ball, searching for space, especially down the right, where he crosses the ball in as good as any winger in the game. How do we feel about this? Because this is obviously the other side from him just banging in goals. This is like someone critiquing every area of his game here.
3: It's true. You know, we've already said Alan Shearer was the kind of complete forward, which it does mean coming out of that that box and moving into space on the wing, looking anywhere around that kind of 18 yard area from from the goal and seeing, where do I need to be right now? And that was the intelligence that he
1: had. Anything to add on that, Squeeze Do you like him running to the ring? Defensive duties? Because certain players, strikers, you wouldn't have trusted doing defensive duties, and I'm not even throwing shade at. The-
3: yeah,
2: no, I, I agree with pretty much that and what Daniel said.
3: I mean, it's it's quite funny though. The Glenn Hoddle, who I mean, if he's going to be revered as a pundit and as a football expert, as you said earlier when we were talking about the experts, he's a clever player, tactical instructions, carrying the team, performing de- defensive duties. It would be kind of remiss of me to applaud that, but throw shade at Harry Kane who gets dragged for doing exactly dropping defensive. Yeah. yeah yeah
1: basically this is just highlighting the fact that Shearer at his heart was a team player who first and foremost wanted the team to win that's a roll up your sleeve yeah. sort of yeah
3: but that's the problem in 2022 that's Harry Kane upon. does that and he gets dragged yeah, yeah. or yeah. Ronaldo does it he gets dragged and it's just like yeah. come
2: on the amount of times I remember watching Shearer get the ball on the wing and I'm like what's he doing there he should be in the box waiting for this ball in and then he'll put a ball in and he casts a score and I'm like how have you oh, done that's that's that
3: he's doing that. That's, that's what he was doing there
1: that's why it's like, how, he the how have now. you
2: done that? He knows it better than me. Sat on the sat in the in the ground. not how old I was then.
1: I think at the end of the day, it also comes down to I don't know why. It's because you said about him crossing it and like who's he gonna cross it to? That sort of energy. But it's at the end that you want a team of Alan Shearer's, not obviously in goal defence, but it's that that sarcastic chant or whatever because you want him to be able to be on the wing to cross the ball like he can, but also be in the box to finish it because there's also no one else like him. It's the same energy of yeah. Harry Kane. Harry Kane's putting yeah. in these great passes, but also you're like God, I wish Harry. Kane was the one in the end of it because sometimes someone else not not Sun or Tottenham but like there's some other Tottenham players they get on the end of it and you're like this has been wasted on you.
2: He'll put a ball into the box where Harry Kane should be expecting the ball into the box but all the other players are just sat on the edge of the box expecting something else.
1: Yeah, that sort of energy and I think that's probably what that quote alludes to. Shearer's a player who did what, you know, knew what he was doing, followed tactical instructions and sometimes that meant him not being the guy that got the goal even though he was capable of being the guy who got the goal and probably would have made it look easier than it was.
3: Yeah, I agree with that actually to be honest. I think he obviously done things that probably like, Like Squiggy just said, you look at him and go, why is he doing that? But then when it results in a goal, you have to sit back and go, maybe he knows the game better than I do, or he reads the game better. I'd
2: hope hope he would, because if I was reading the game better than him, I have wasted my life. You,
1: you know, one of you know, <laughs> greatest talents has been hidden for years. I've
2: been, I've been hidden on podcasts for the past six or seven years when I should be out there playing the game.
1: Right, we're going to move Kevin Gallagher's quote here, which is quite an interesting one here because it's more of a defensive one. I don't know why he felt the need to go on the defensive. He said, I wouldn't say he was the most talented centre forward in the world. He wouldn't go and take a centre half on and do six step overs at a dummy to the side. It was more straightforward. He would gain hot that half a yard, shoot, and score the goal. That's all he had to do. It was so simple, A to B, and that was Alan. He was the best at it.
2: Yeah, I think we've kind of touched on that again. Like I think I know I definitely said it where he's not gonna he's not gonna beat a defender. He's
1: not the sexual footballer that Rude Hulu yeah.
2: wanted. But again, if you if he gets half a yard, you know, nine times out of ten, it's probably gonna go in the back of the net or at least work the keeper. And basically that's what he said. That's what Shearer was all about. My no, year, I, I, I think
3: real. I think it's kind of a beautiful sentiment to be honest. And obviously with Kevin Kevin Gallagher, he obviously saw Alan Shearer at arguably his Best. I, I, I completely understand where he's coming from. I, d- I don't want to take anything away from Alan Shearer by saying he wasn't that sexy footballer who would do the, you know, the four million step overs and a 30 yard dash down the wing and, you know, scream it into the bottom right. It was just one of those, he knew what he needed to do. It was simplicity at its finest. And I think that's kind of what you knew you were getting with Shearer and that's what you wanted. I don't think if Shearer tried to do all that stuff, which I'm sure he was more than capable of doing, but that wasn't his game, it wasn't what he needed to do and that's not how he saw his team winning the, the thing with Shira, it was with Shearer it's just always what's going to make the team win
1: is it not like we go back to the whole clever player why waste energy doing all that if it takes one step shoot
3: absolutely and it's the same problem that Newcastle's got now <laughs> with Saint Maximum you know could, could be an absolute brilliant player he, he could drive Newcastle forward and do things with them but I think he cares more Maybe it's an older analogy, but I think he cares more about the name on the back of his shirt than the name on the front of the shirt, you know? Why uh, beat the
2: same defender once when you can beat him four times and then lose the ball?
3: Welcome Cristiano Ronaldo 2006.
1: <laughs> it worked yeah. out well for him. So let's cross our fingers for
3: <laughs> I mean, I hope so.
1: We're going to end pundit patrol with a good old classic pundit favourite of everyone. Jamie Redknapp, part man, part Red model. Ball. He said, "As a bright, as brave as a lion, he's a bit of a throwback, but with a modern touch. I actually really like this quote. And I, oh. I was like, I had to double check it was Jamie that said it. I just think the imagery of Brave as a Lion, bit of a throwback, modern touch, I think it's quite nice.
2: Who, who wrote that forum? That's the question she Shira, Shira wrote it, wasn't it? But I, I can't disagree with them. I I can't. I'm I know, trying to like because it's jimmy Redknapp, but I can't. No,
1: I feel
3: like I need a shower now.
1: It's the perfect. <laughs> sum- <laughs> I, I think it's the wash- perfect summary because it, it you got all the elements of the throwback, you know, the up and win, the battling hard, but the modern touch, you know, the the little bits of flair and class that he had, and the evolution of his game. Yeah, spot on. Now it's time for the quick fire round, and in the hot seat first is Daniel the Devil Jones.
0: The quickfire round.
1: Daniel, are you ready? I'm ready. Shearer or Henri?
3: The man of the hour too sweet to be sour. Alan Shearer.
1: FA Cup winner's medal or Premier League winner's medal? What's the better one? Premier League. Shearer or Owen? Shearer all day, every day. What's the most impressive golden boot win? The Premier League golden boot in the ninety six 97 season or the Euro 96?
3: Premier League 96.
1: Would you rather Shearer on the volley or Shearer hit it on the head, on his head?
3: Shearer on the volley all day.
1: Shearer and Sutton or Cole and
3: York? Shearer and Sutton. Probably the best duo the Premier League has ever seen.
1: Was Shearer right to retire for England after Euro 2000? Yes or no? Yes, he was. Underrated or overrated? Properly rated. Can I? Can I? Can I put that in there? You go down the middle if you want. Properly rated.
3: Yeah, he wasn't overrated. He wasn't underrated. He was. He's perfectly rated.
1: Overachieved or underachieved as a player, considering the balance?
3: I would say slightly underachieved in terms of success. Yeah, yeah, I'd go slightly underachieved.
1: And greatest Premier League striker of all time flat out yes or no yes for now thank you daniel now in the quickfire hot seat now is the turn of john the geordie messiah as
0: away the quickfire round
1: are you ready
0: why
2: i
1: Shearer or omri shira fa cup winners medal or premier league winners medal premier league Shearer or rowan
2: <laughs> Shearer.
1: What's the most impressive Golden Boot win? Premier League Golden Boot 96 97 or Euro 96?
2: The Premier League because it's consistency throughout a lot more games.
1: Would you rather Shearer on the volley or Shearer hit it on his head?
2: <laughs> Shearer on the volley. Shearer and
1: Sutton or Cole and York? Probably Shearer and
2: Sutton. I think the two players complement each other so well up front when they played together.
1: Right to retire for England after Euro 2000? Yes or no?
2: is a Newcastle fan? Yes.
1: As an England fan? Debatable. Underrated or overrated?
2: I don't want to copy from Daniel, but he's properly rated because no one no one says he's shit and no one like says he's the best thing since sliced bread. So yeah, he's probably just properly rated.
1: Overachieved or underachieved? I
2: think he probably
1: underachieved
2: from a an honours perspective. But I mean, but then did he overachieve on the goals that he scored because of his lack of honours? So is he just achieved? <laughs> <laughs> Deep. there's no over it. did he just achieve
1: that was so deep sorry that's gonna be in that's gonna be in the advert did he just <laughs> achieve greatest premier league striker of all time yes or no
2: yes as of recording
1: Wow. Anyway, that the that's first
3: been time is that the first time we've actually agreed on the quick fires I throughout. Think that was a clean sheet.
1: That was an in sync <laughs> quick fire. Normally there's something, but Squiggy I thought Squiggy might have gone with Colin York, but he was committed to the stream.
2: No, outside. I was I was debating between them, but because I didn't really see, she? I didn't really <laughs> see Shearer and Sutton a lot. But when you see like the highlights from Premier League years and like some of the stuff of them two together, they were like they were just colossal together.
3: Do you think that Chris Sutton taught Alan Shearer how to play a little bit because Shearer didn't start? doing bits until Sutton like, yeah. got back from his injury, I think it was. So, Why do I
1: feel like we're yeah, going to end up with a Chris Sutton football beef one day and Daniel's going to be here being like, he taught the best Premier League striker, everything he knew.
3: Well no, because when we do that, Harry Kane will be top scorer.
1: Beautiful. Anyway, that was another edition of Football Beef. Join us again when a new episode drops Fridays at 7am. Thank you for joining me, Daniel the Devil Jones. See you.
3: You're very welcome. I'll catch you next time on Football Beef.
1: Thank you for joining us, John the Geordie Messiah Squires I'm glad you do you want to before we say goodbye to you do you want to get out one sh- proper Geordie Shearer as your sign off Shearer thank you for joining I'm us done. and doing that
2: thank you for having me it's been a very good discussion
1: cool and make sure to follow us on at buzz football and at totally buzzed UK on Twitter goodbye
0: football beef <laughs> not heard the latest about pooping Prime Minister's what podcast have you been listening to? Because it definitely isn't the Totally Buzz podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and totallybuzz.co.uk. So what are you waiting for? Tune in now to hear all the latest news from around the web. On the Totally Buzz podcast, the only place to be totes buzzed.